You hear all the bull about diet and exercise. Carbs are evil. Do more cardio. Never eat bread or cookies again. Just do a juice cleanse. We get it. We fell for all of the BS too. It's time to go right to the source with the truth about how to live a healthy, sustainable lifestyle. I am Liz. And I'm Becca. We are your nutrition educators and this is The Food Code. Hello and happy Monday. Happy Monday. I am excited about today's. Yes. But I want a caveat too, because I think that it's very easy to like take everything very literally that we say mm-hmm. in terms of, because we're going to go over like some very specific cravings and what they can indicate to the body. But like, for example, if like at the end, we're going to talk a little bit around um, like something called peripheral neuropathy, which is uh, tingling in your hands and feet. If you have tingling in your hands and your feet, don't think that like we're diagnosing you with something. So that that's what we want to say. Like, just take these with a grain of salt. Evaluate, evaluate your life. Evaluate your intake. Evaluate those things. <laughs> Do not think that what we are saying is literal to you only, and you need to go and start taking, you know, medications or go to a doctor or anything like that. Just like about eva- you know, slow down, evaluate. But if you're having tingling in your hands and feet, you should probably be seeing a doctor. Yeah, you should be looking into you should be looking into why this might be happening, and we can talk about that at yes. that time. But cravings, cravings, man, it's crazy how the summer's flying by. I know. We it just is. had Becca's baby shower. It's we almost had a lot July. Of yeah, it's. I don't know where the time is going, and it feels like forever since we podcasted because we did such a bulk. We did a podcast. huge bulk, and we're going to do another one on Thursday. We're trying to get ahead so that I can. Everyone keeps asking me how much time I'm going to take off with the baby, and I'm like, no time. I don't know. I mean, I'm going to take some time off. I was thinking about it this morning. I'd like to not get back into like full blown work for like six to eight weeks, mm-hmm. but I'll definitely be doing some. I mean, like, no, I know. Listen, I- guys, this is this is basically a five person show. We can't you know, five to six person show. We can't just remove one of those equations. Yeah. But I also talked to your mother-in-law <laughs> this weekend and she's like, Oh, Becca thinks she's taking two weeks off. And I was like, I keep telling Becca she's crazy. She's taking at least four to six weeks off. <laughs> I'm like, I'm the other 50% here. I get to have a say <laughs> because you need that time to cuddle and uh, snuggle with that baby. But I know. anyways, yes, I hope you guys are having a wonderful summer. I know a lot of people are out traveling. It's nice that things are opening up again. And so we've heard from a lot lot of people, you know, there's just all these temptations and I'm around a lot more trigger foods than I have been in a really long time, obviously because we're no longer, you know, just locked in at home and things like that. And so we wanted to kind of talk through triggers um, and understanding some of these foods that are triggering to you and what we call like the four phases of overcoming triggers. Uh, And then we're going to talk specifically around cravings and why you might feel like you have these urges sometimes um, and what is going on, you know, in the body. So this is very dependent on, you know, independent for every single person because a lot of you might be in a place right now where you don't realize how many foods trigger you. You might not realize how many cravings that you have. You might not realize how often you go through these phases of restrict and then binge and restrict mm-hmm. and then binge and that there is an underlying root cause here in terms of your relationship with food um, and how you're responding emotionally to things. And so we'll, you know, kind of cover some of these things. These are things that we work on, you know, with our clients. We 
preach living a lifestyle and having balance with your food, right? We want you to have enjoyment with your food, but there are definite phases that we need to go through when someone cannot control themselves around a food or a drink, or, you know, they're just really struggling with not Mm -hmm. being able to have like one Oreo and that one Oreo leads to the entire sleeve, you know, of cookies. We don't want to like, this is like the fearing of food, right? We don't want to ever fear a food. I, I don't, I I will say confidently because I used to fear a lot of foods. I've had to work on this and I know Liz has as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes guys, and and like Liz said, we are not about restriction, but sometimes you have to go through a period of removing these things and like resetting cravings and also evaluating your diet as a whole. Cause I think, you know, before we dive into these specific things and these phases, like most often cravings are a result of two things. One, you are consuming them too regularly and they are like basically an addictive food because most food in today's culture is addictive in the Western society. Or two, you are lacking nourishment of your body. Mm -hmm. If you are eating regularly enough calories, enough nutrients, enough food for your body's needs, you should not have cravings. Like, yeah, here and there they come on a little bit, but it's not something that you're like, I have to have this. Like, that's like what I think. A lot of people are like, you have any pregnancy cravings? I'm like, not really. Like when I was sick to my stomach in the first trimester, all I wanted was carbs because I literally thought, felt like I was going to throw up constantly. But like, I have I don't really have pregnancy cravings to where I'm like drive me to the do- McDonald's right now I need french fries like that's not a feeling that I have like are there some times where I like pass by a really great ice cream shop and I'm like mm, ice cream sounds good right now but I don't really need it like those yes of course you're gonna have those that's normal but if you are having drives to like face plant into a box of donuts and you end up at Krispy Kreme because of it that's something that needs to be addressed so can I just share a really quick story because <laughs> as you're talking about ice cream and pregnancy I'm recalling that my husband told me if I turn into one of those women who wakes him up in the middle of the night and demands that he goes to the grocery store he's going to slit our tire and tell me we have a flat tire <laughs> he's like there is no way that we are I think doing my husband wishes things. I had more pregnancy cravings oh Nick like, totally he, probably like, does he tries all the time he's like this is for the baby i'm like the baby is doing fine the baby is like measuring 98th percentile right now and i'm ginormous so please <laughs> stop trying to hand me more oreos oh my um, goodness. okay but anyways <laughs> so i that just like made me reminisce Pregnancy's about great, being isn't it? like seven eight so months pregnant. and i don't recall if he said that he was gonna slip the tires or he was just gonna tell me that the tires were flat but he's <laughs> basically like there's no chance so don't even ask me i'm not going to uh, the store but yes i do i mean we do know we do have clients that we've worked with in the past that it's like something takes over them and they like black out and before they know it like they've gone and they've eaten a milkshake fries mm-hmm. you know and a burger and so what do we do in these situations well first and foremost if you were working with us, like we're evaluating like your overall intake and we're focusing a lot on nourishment, right? Consistent eating, keeping blood sugar stable, not going long periods without anything. And so then we've, you know, crash and face plant into all the things. So that definitely plays a huge role. The other thing that we're going to talk about a little bit later is like managing your stress that plays a huge role. But when it comes down to things that are just triggers for you that you feel like you go to a party and you can't, you know, control yourself around the chips or the Oreos or whatever it is. This is where we look at kind of going through a few phases. And one of those is abstaining. And so we're removing these foods entirely. Like there is no room here for the gray area because we've tried that in the past and it didn't work. It kept leading to, you know, kind of overindulging. And so we'll go through four to six weeks entirely removing a food. And again, if you're struggling for, you know, example with sweets, right? Like this is where we look, how how can we 
put some other healthier alternatives in here? And how can we help fix some of these mineral balances that might be driving your cravings, you know, for chocolate and building clean one ingredient whole foods. Sometimes we have to dial it back and get kind of bland for a little bit Mm -hmm. and really commit to building meals with three or four different one ingredient foods. And then, you know, maybe having like a small piece of dark chocolate or a rice cake with a little bit of nut butter on it or something that might give you a little bit of a sweet, you know, fix, but we are not going towards that food. Like you don't get an Oreo or two Oreos after your meal. We're removing that food. And again, Mm -hmm. this is where it's very dependent upon the person because some people might struggle in this area too, because if they start swapping things out, for example, let's say it is the Oreos and you're swapping it with like a piece of dark chocolate that might lead to binging on the dark chocolate for some individuals. So this is going to vary depending upon the the person. Um, and, some people go through a phase where like you want more because you're starting to restrict. Mm-hmm. So there's definitely a mental component here. This is something we always have a very clear conversation with our clients about. Like one, you know that the first weekend or two that you're removing certain foods and, or drinks, for example, like if it's alcohol, those couple of weeks, you're probably thinking about that. Totally. Food or drink Way nonstop. More. Yeah. You're, and, and this is, we try to tell people and like tell clients of this and warm them up, warn them of this. I'm like, if you're removing something that you have a, you have a problem like moderating right now, you're going to probably spend the next couple of weeks thinking about it constantly mm-hmm. because it's like, you guys, it's like the white car thing. Like you, you know, you buy a white car and then all of a sudden you start seeing all white cars. It's the same concept. Like you start thinking about restricting this food because you're trying to remove a craving. You're going to constantly be thinking about it. You're going to constantly be seeing it. You're gonna, it's going to be really hard in those situations. And for alcohol, this was me for a while and I would find myself in social settings just talking to myself in my mind all the time I'm like you don't need a drink I know you want a drink I just get through the next couple hours like and for me it was like pep talks like it was that's what helped me get through those times and then it became easy it became like I wasn't bothered by it anymore but for a couple of weeks for sure if this has been a struggle for you for a while you will find yourself in that place where you're like I can't stop thinking about it I want it more now I want it even more um and so once we get through this time where like you feel like the craving has subsided um phase two you can choose to have a small serving in public with others where you know you won't overindulge so what i would say is like this is not you go to you've you've given up drinking for four to six weeks and then you go to a fourth july party like not a great environment i'm talking about like you give up drinking for four to six weeks and maybe you have a date night with your husband where you have a couple glasses of wine or something Mm -hmm. or like you know you're meeting a friend for lunch and you know you're not going to get hammered at lunch hopefully like those types of things where you feel more in control and of somewhat and sometimes this is a good phase to stay in forever like if you know you've tried to break out of the cycle and every time with that trigger it leads to the same result of you over consuming maybe this is a good place to stay to be successful with it you know and not move on to the next phases that we kind of talk about but this is you have to pick and choose smart um in terms of this because it you have to pick the the environment and the situation very well because sometimes social settings are the total opposite of this sometimes they actually encourage even more overindulging and binging mm-hmm. um so just something to kind of consider yeah and i think that's where it's important for you to be really hyper aware of like one, your surroundings, but who is in those surroundings? Like if you know that you haven't seen your girlfriend from college in five years and what you used to do is go out and, you know, party and dance and have fun, like unless she's totally in a different state now, the way that you are, like probably not good to surround yourself with those people, you know, and 
they're encouraging shots and they're encouraging, mm-hmm. you know, multiple drinks and, and so on and so forth. So it, again, it's being hyper aware and picking the time when you feel comfortable after a period of restricting and maybe even to a place where like you've restricted for a long period of time that some of those things have kind of lost their luster because we will see for some individuals that once they go through this phase where they restrict and they abstain from these things and they are focusing on nourishment and you know focusing on how good they feel now they don't really want to go back to that place because they know how bad they felt before or they also just know themselves well enough that it's like that switch that turns on and mm-hmm. they can't stop eating it. So again, in that you know phase, you need to be very specific. And I would also say if it is something like with your spouse or a very good friend, tell them your commitment. You know, hey, I'm super excited to go out for date night tonight. I want to let you know, like, I would like to have no more than two glasses of wine and I really don't need dessert, you know, or like Mm -hmm. some people I know, Art and I back in the day would be like appetizer, meal, dessert, drinks, you know, like all (laughs) the things. We don't need all of those things. So telling someone that's very powerful. Some of our clients will text us on Friday or Saturday nights letting us know, hey, meeting up with girlfriends from college tonight. My commitment is two drinks. I'm going to have, you know, a sparkling water or an iced tea or something in between. um, And I kind of space that out. And then they text us after, you know, the next morning, like I feel so proud of myself. I did it. I showed myself I do hard things. So be hyper aware of when you choose to do those things in public um, with people. But you know, this is too, I think for those of you who maybe are addicted to sweets, you're not, you're way less likely to go to a public party and have half of a cake, right? Because other people are having yeah. like one piece of cake. So that's where I think from a sweet side, like it's a lot like maybe easier um, or, you know, you would go and you have like a cookie instead of having like the entire bag of cooking st- cookies staring you at, you know, at home. So phase three is when you want to start to reincorporate these things back into your home or into your environment, start by buying individual servings, like one donut, one cookie versus like the entire box of Krispy Kremes or the sleeve, you know, the, the whole thing of family size, double stuff Oreos. Like, Definitely agree. Um, a lot of times people actually keep themselves moderated with buying single serve bags of stuff. So like if they know that chips is something they struggle with, they'll buy individual size bags or same with thing with trail mix. Um, so that's always something that's helpful if they know that they won't go back and open multiple different bags. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's always something that can help people. I know sometimes even Oreos, I think they sell like the double packs, mm-hmm. like the little individual double packs. And yeah, you're paying more money for it. Um, but if you struggle with stuff like that, that can be helpful. And then phase four, when you feel ready, You can buy the food, but commit to only consuming them when you're happy, not emotionally triggered, emotionally charged. And guys, like this can take months, if not like years to kind of work through. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, also understand this is not a linear process. I think that's something that a lot of people like set themselves up for failure with. They're like, well, I'm going to go through this process. I'm going to go through these phases and then I'm going to be healed. It's like, no, you guys, when I stopped binging, it was like, okay, I would binge less. And then the binges would be less extreme. And then finally, I, you know, like it gets to a place where like the only times I feel like I've overconsumed are times where I haven't caught it early enough. Like I thought I was doing okay and then it hit me, you know? Um, and so it's a constant learning curve with overconsuming or being, you know, triggered with a lot of cravings and stuff like that. So hopefully this, the phases helped, but we wanted to talk about specific cravings and what they can mean because like we talked about in the beginning, a lot of times these cravings are actually your body trying to get you something in terms of nourishment. Um, and and it's kind of interesting. We have some like big ones that 
a lot of people I think can probably relate to. And then we have some more specific ones that are kind of just fun ones at the end. Um, not fun, you know, it means like your body needs something that you're not giving it, but we, t- we mean more so like fun <laughs> just like fun fact type things. Um, so the number one I would say is sweet cravings mm-hmm. and this is all sweets like candies, cookies, baked goods, stuff like that. Um, and, and I think of like, you just need a little something, something at the end of a mm-hmm. meal. Like your meal's not complete without that something, something. And that's fine. Like if it's not something that you feel like you can't go without, we need to address it. But if it's something like, no, you know, I ate dinner and like, I just want a little piece of dark chocolate. Like it's not like I have to have it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but if you have to have it and it's constant that you're always wanting like sweet things, this can often be a sign of high cortisol. So we talk about cortisol all the time, our stress hormone. This could be physical, psychological, you know, emotional. Like I think of you could also be like the tired and wired is Mm -hmm. another sign of this. Um, We have a girl that we love called the bitch fix. Um, She talks about the triple A threat. So anxiety, anger, and abdominal fat. Those are really common when the, when you see those three together, like moodiness, anxiety, high anxiety, and then holding a lot of abdominal fat. That's, often a sign of just constant stress um, or your cortisol is just constantly being elevated by things. And that can be a number of different things, but typically sugar is more so driven by the stress hormone. Yep. And I think too, you know, a lot of people that we hear them say like, Oh, like I was PMSing. So I had all of these like sugar yes. cravings. Well, there's a lot of things that we don't think about in terms of the hormonal shifts and how that's a stress to the body, right? Maybe your sleep is being thrown off during that time too, as hormones are fluctuating around. So there is a reason why you are experiencing these cravings. Um, But let's talk about chocolate specifically, because I think a lot of people, especially around their periods, um, they always say like, I'm craving chocolate. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is usually correlated to one nutrient. um, And that is magnesium. So if you are constantly craving chocolate, very um, high probability that you are deficient in magnesium. So magnesium regulates our glucose and insulin levels, as well as our neurotransmitter dopamine. So a deficiency will cause intense sugar cravings, especially for chocolate. And many brands of magnesium are are available for you to take. We've talked about this before. We recommend doing... um, Pure Encapsulations Magnesium Glycinate. It's one of the most absorbable forms of magnesium. What I'll generally do with our girls is have them take magnesium daily and then we increase it up the week prior to their period if they're experiencing these really, really intense cravings or if they're having other PMS uh, symptoms as well. But it's important too to know like sometimes when we are craving magnesium, we're also craving, or sorry, craving chocolate, we're also craving zinc um, because the body metabolizes insulin and glucose with the support of zinc. Okay. So just a kind of a fun fact here, and we've talked about this again um, in the past on the podcast on magnesium, but up to 80% of the people in the United States are deficient in magnesium. So crazy. Isn't it crazy? And it's pretty much like, look at our food industry. Like we're research shows that we're not getting the magnesium that we were getting in our food alone that we were getting years ago because of the way that, you know, we're raising things. Stress drives it down. Stress makes you burn through magnesium like crazy. Yep. Too bad you can't burn through fat when we're stressed, right? It's the opposite. We gain fat when we're stressed. We yes. burn through magnesium. And magnesium is so, so important. Um, sorry, I totally threw Liz off. But yeah. That's okay. <laughs> Just keep so, rolling with it. I mean, it's so, one of those things. It is very true. Like when we are highly stressed, like we do burn through minerals uh, yep. a lot faster. And so, mm-hmm. again, this is where we look at 
when we're it's like a vicious cycle when you're highly stressed you've got these intense cravings you're giving into those cravings and now you're in turn filling your intake up with a lot of sugar a lot of fat and not a lot of nutrients and so this cycle just continues then that disrupts sleeps then you don't Mm -hmm. feel good then you have this mental you know argument and beat up session with yourself because you gave into those sugar cravings and so it's very important which is why we do this podcast to understand what is actually happening in the body for you to be craving these things so you know it's interesting there was a research um, review that i was reading from the open heart um, journal and they were talking about this magnesium deficiency being like a public health crisis oh i'm i've totally can see that i we listened to a couple different doctors that we really like and um what like one of us mainly a functional doctor but he talks about when he was in medical school and like you know what you see in conventional medicine women that come in with preeclampsia like preterm labor and stuff Mm -hmm. or high blood pressure and pregnancy or sometimes people with come in with like cardiac arrest or like congestive heart Mm -hmm. failure stuff like that they pump us full of drugs and like when all that doesn't work what they do is high dose serum magnesium Mm -hmm. because that is what helps the blood system work really well it's it helps all of the cells function better and so like if we would just get ahead of the game not end up with these really poor dysfunctions within the body and some supplement or get in proper magnesium which you can get from tons of different vegetables Mm -hmm. and whole food sources but again because our food sources are just nutrient deficient in general supplementing it with supplementing with it can be really helpful um but it's just it is absolutely i think driving because i think stress to be honest i think stress is the root cause of all disease and dysfunction in the body to some extent um you know it's it might not be the direct yeah yeah it might not be the direct cause um but it is probably a huge catalyst of it and so when we don't have the support to manage the stress of the system from proper nutrition then yeah we end up with major dysfunction within the body yeah and disease so the next one is salt cravings i feel like these are kind of yin like people either have the sugar or they have the salt cravings. Um, and sugar cravings, like we said, are a little bit more high cortisol. Salt cravings are a little bit more low cortisol. And this is usually as a result of like cortisol burnout per se. Um, I hate to use that like term because it's not, but either way, basically you've had too high of stress for too long and now the body has turned into like an adrenal insufficiency situation. Okay. So this is a sign of the salt issue is a sign of low aldosterone. So, aldosterone is a stress hormone um, and it helps us manage sodium levels within the body. Okay. And this can be a sign of adrenal insufficiency, like I said, or kind of a burnout of adrenal hormones. So if you've been dealing with high stress due to your job being high stress or, you know, kids or whatever it is, and you just feel like you've constantly been high stress for the past two years and now you're like no energy, like I said, high cortisol, wired and tired, like that kind of feeling, low cortisol, constantly just fatigued. Okay. And so, Sometimes another common sign of this is low blood pressure and a higher heart rate, Um, kind of feeling like faint when you stand up type of feeling. Um, If you've ever had that, that can be a sign of this. Um, Aldosterone helps control your blood pressure by managing the balance of potassium and sodium in your body. Okay. We've talked about plenty of times how important potassium is. Um, A lot of people think like sodium is this bad thing. It's not a bad thing. Um, And cortisol also works in a conjunction with adrenaline and noradrenaline to help regulate your reaction to stress. Okay. So cortisol helps regulate the metabolism, sugar levels, blood pressure, and aldosterone is kind of within this equation. Okay. So when aldosterone is low, if it helps moderate 
sodium levels in the body, it would be obvious why you would want salt. And so salt's not a bad thing, but here's the problem. We go to processed salty foods. We go to chips. We go to those types of things because that's what we're, it's like the density of the calories that the body is wanting. And so it drives us to the ease, you know, Liz and I are not like against salt intake. I actually fully promote salt intake if it's mm-hmm. good quality salts, pink Himalayan sea salts, gray salts, black salts. All of those are very nutrient dense. We actually recommend electrolytes for a lot of our clients. Um, Element has a thousand milligrams of sodium in it and people are so afraid of it. But I'm like, look at the oh, potassium. Yeah. Look at the magnesium that's coming with it. Yes. You know, and I yes. will say I've been taking, well, I've been taking hydrate for months. Mm-hmm. I've been taking Element. It was a little salty for me at first. I finally came around the mango yeah. chili. I knew it was going to be the I spicy ones I, I liked. Do the, I don't like spicy ones. Um, I haven't. There's another one that I have to try. I got the. I did the mind pump, like yeah. the pack or whatever. Anyways, the mango chili was really good, but I feel really good drinking it. I have not had any mm. bloating. I am not swollen. It matters where your salt is coming from. Yes. And just to Becca's point, right? A lot of people go for the bag of chips, right? Or just really salty food that is not utilizing fried foods french fries stuff like that yeah and so like there's a difference between getting sodium from those foods and getting sodium from like pink himalayan sea salt and Mm -hmm. high quality foods that you're adding salt to um and believe it or not salt is actually not as much of the issue as it is lack of potassium to balance out Mm -hmm. the salt so get more potassium foods in and you can eat a lot of potassium actually with not too many negative benefits um so Get in those potassium foods. We uh, we like potatoes. There's lots of good leafy greens. Fruits have potassium. Bananas are not the only source of potassium, guys. Um, so there's lots of other options that you can get it in. Um, but yeah, salt is usually more of like you've been like kind of burned out, like you've reached that burnout stage of stress. Mm-hmm. Sugar is more like you're in the high cortisol, which usually leads to the burnout stage. Um, but those are just some common indicators of those cravings so let's talk about the random ones i like the random ones they are fun and i think this makes 1000 like it makes so much sense Mm -hmm. as we go through this because i have been craving red meat for probably months um and we've been doing a lot more red meat from butcher box I used to only crave it around my cycle time. Makes sense when you're bleeding, right? But yep. for me, now that I like have put all of these kind of pieces together with my lab work and just kind of even like my history, even with pregnancy, I am anemic. And so iron mm-hmm. deficiency and B12 deficiency is like glaring signs of wanting red meat. Now the ice chewing, I don't yeah. have the craving <sighs> for chewing ice. I have the craving for extremely cold drinks. Like I want mm-hmm. a lot of ice in my yeah. drink. So this is more so I actually had to look this up because I wasn't entirely sure why it was happening. Um but so <sighs> With anemia or like iron deficiencies, um, red blood cells can't carry oxygen the way they're supposed to. So some research seems to indicate that like chewing ice kind of triggers more blood to the brain. And so that more blood in the brain then means more oxygen in the brain, which means a better, you know, situation. We should for. look further into that, like about brain freezes too. Yeah. You know it's what just, I mean? Yeah. Like, Ice cream. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Marcus got one the other day. It was so sad. Oh. He was eating a popsicle <laughs> and he's like holding his head. And I was like, oh no, you just took a huge chunk of that popsicle. But anyways, um, on to the next one. So fun facts, cheese. Vitamin D. Yep interesting interesting um so we talked a little bit in the beginning about peripheral neuropathy um so this is more of a physical one this isn't like a food craving but if you have tingling in your hands and your feet so this is kind of be an indicator of a couple things this can be an early sign of 
diabetes, like type two diabetes, because mm-hmm. your blood is not traveling well. Um, you know, high blood sugar, low blood sugar issues, your blood doesn't travel well to your extremities. Um, and so you get like tingling or numbness in your hands and your feet. Uh, it can also be a B12 deficiency, which is B, B vitamin deficiency guys are so common for people because people do not eat high quality red meat because people are afraid of red meat. And so animal proteins are one of the highest sources of B vitamins, especially like organ meats, liver, stuff like that. Um, and people just don't eat those, which is, I mean, I get it. I don't really eat organ meats, but I do. I'm actually now looking into getting, um, an organ organ meat supplement. Um, you can get like liver mm-hmm. supplements, yep. um, in pill form, capsulation form, but B12 is crucial to nerve function. And yeah. so if you have this, you know, neuropathy happening, it can be a sign of B, uh, at inadequate B12. Yep. So. I take a B12 every day since finding out about the B12 anemia. Mm-hmm. I like the sublingual one. Da Vinci Labs um, is my favorite brand. All right. Let's talk about carbohydrates. Man, if I had a dollar for every time someone told me they were craving carbs, we'd be millionaires. Pasta. Right? I um, never crave pasta. I don't even really like pasta very much. I eat no. it. But like, I, I don't, th- I didn't grow up in like an Italian family. Mm-hmm. It was just like. When I was studied abroad, obviously it was much different there, like in France yeah. and Europe. Um, it was really good. I just get really full really fast. Really full like I can bloated. take like two or three bites. Even I made this awesome chickpea chicken pasta salad, if you will. Um, lots of vegetables, you know, grilled chicken in there. I used Greek yogurt, some ranch seasoning, and I did the chickpea bonza chickpea pasta mm-hmm. in it. I could only have like a small portion of it. Like I was just so full. Like it just yeah, fills me I think, up. And like, I don't even want pot. Like if I had an option at an Italian restaurant, I'd want like seafood and vegetables instead mm-hmm. of, pot. I don't know. It's just yeah. like, you know, or chicken Parmesan. Maybe I'm weird. I do like chicken Parmesan. Yeah. Okay. So carbs, when you have the thought just of kind of like you want that really dense carbohydrate, let's say like a baguette here, right? Again, pasta, as we just talked about, or you craving like a huge piece of uh, pizza, this can be a sign of insulin resistance, hypoglycemia or chromium deficiency or just fatigue. And here's the thing, all of those health issues and all of those like dysfunctions, insulin resistance, hypoglycemia mm-hmm. in the body, that is the last thing that you should be doing. Is eating more carbs. Is eating more carbs. <laughs> You're basically resistant to the carbohydrates. And it's because your body is no longer getting the energy mm-hmm. from the glucose into the mitochondria and in the cellular level to be burned off. Yep. And so this is where what we will do with certain individuals when we see this, you know, insulin resistance kind of pop up or really dysregulated blood sugar will take them low carb, higher fat, mm-hmm. higher for a period of time for a period of time to resensitize the body. This is not about being keto. We kind of call it like a therapeutic low carb, if you will. Um, but it's to resensitize the body. And a lot of times what we see is all of those cravings for the carbs and the sweets. Energy gets better. No more afternoon yep. slums. Like it's crazy what, cause people don't realize like your body just gets used to running off of glucose. And if it's only get, if you give it enough glucose for it to use that as its primary fuel source, it will continue to only use glucose. Mm-hmm. And so that's where we, kind of run into the issue we have to create that metabolic flexibility again for the body and take those carbs away for a period of time um, which is why we're very careful when we do that with our clients Um, fried foods is another one so fried foods when you want to indulge in fried foods or other like oily foods it can also be a sign that you have an essential fatty acid deficiency Um, so essential fatty acids are very common deficiencies for people because a lot of people don't eat the types of fats that come with us that are providing essential fatty acids. Um, We eat inflammatory fats, which we're doing another podcast on very soon. Um, But 
you want to be getting more of your fats from things like, you know, salmon, eggs, avocados, nuts, nut butters, coconut, um, flax, chia seeds. We love grass-fed, grass-finished meat or dairy products too, um, if you tolerate dairy, okay? So like all of those are much better. We need to get away from the packaged foods, guys, the trans fats, the fake fats. Like these things are ruining our health. They are 100% ruining our health. And so I, this has been something that I've been like, like very careful around lately. Um, just the more and more we've researched, the more we learn, the more that is shown that fake processed hydrogenated oils are horrible yeah. for the body. And even seed oils, like there's and a, seed oils. Yep. There's Sunflower a YouTube oil. video that um, one of our coaches shared with us, and I was listening to it because I mean, my mother-in-law, she's from Russia. She always used sunflower oil in these um, cabbage that she makes, mm. and we love her cabbage. But I've always been curious, like, what are you putting in here? You know, what kind of oils and things like that? And so, sunflower oil is one of the things that she was using. Doing further research on that, I'm like, okay, we got to switch this out for avocado, yep. olive oil. So the only oils that we have in our house, avocado oil, olive oil, and straight up Kerrygold um, butter. butter. I've been using butter all day. But butter is so good, and it's, it's filled very with good vitamins that a lot yeah. of people don't know about. Yep. A, D, K, yep. like really good. And then I do use ghee and I will use lard. I've actually gotten some really mm-hmm. good ones from um, like Whole Foods or like Thrive Market that have different like infusions in them that are really mm-hmm. good. So any like animal fats we'll use. Other than that, it's butter, it's olive oil, avocado oil, or coconut oil. Yep. Um, outside of that, don't touch it. And we'll talk a lot more about that and why. Um, But that was one of my like epiphanies and like big eye openers this past week because I honestly never knew that sunflower oil was not great for you. So yeah, it's we learn, we live and we learn guys, you live and you learn and we want to share all that learning with you. So hopefully this was informative. I'm sure we'll be hearing from some... (laughs) from some people. We always hear from people when they feel like we speak to them and they connect with this. Um, but at the end of the day, like we said, usually cravings are a matter of one of two things. One, you've been eating those foods too consistently and it's become a craving and we need to break that cycle. Or two, your body needs more nourishment. We got to face the facts. We got to eat more sometimes, guys. And we got to eat more good. So happy Monday. Hopefully this helped. Thank you all so much for being here. If you've enjoyed this podcast, the best thing that you could do for us as a gift to us would be to take a screenshot and share it on Instagram, tag us, share it on Facebook, whatever platform that you listen, or just tell a friend, invite a friend to listen to this podcast. Um, The more that you can kind of share with word of mouth, the more people that we can touch throughout the world. Five-star reading and review on iTunes as this helps us grow and reach others. So if you have any questions, feel free to shoot us a DM or an email and we will talk to you soon. Have a great day. Thank you.